Hello everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of A Brown Girl's Guide. Um, this week I will be reviewing the media that's had the biggest impact on me since childhood. I'll be speaking specifically about racial diversity or the lack thereof on screen, and specifically South Asian representation on screen, since I myself am from Sri Lanka and have immigrated to Canada. So I just want to talk about what I've been seeing since childhood. And um, I also want to first start off with a little Black Lives Matter segment. I mentioned in my previous episode that every single episode at the beginning I'll be having a little segment just to talk about some of the things that the protests have achieved. Just to make people feel like, you know what, we're actually doing something. This is not for no reason. And it really is a movement and not just a trend that happened on Instagram. So... These are some of the things that the protests have achieved so far. Um, the Breonna Taylor law was passed, which made no-knock warrants illegal. However, her murderers have yet to be charged, so that's still something we have to work on. In Toronto, the police budget has been cut by 10%, although the fight still continues here since Regis Korchinski Paquette um, was said to have been pushed off her balcony. Still, no information has been found and the police refuse to give out any statements. Um, not only Regis Korchinski Paquette, but DeAndre Campbell was shot and killed in Brampton. Um, still nothing has happened on his case either. Toronto has a lot of work to do here. And the LAPD's $2 billion budget has been slashed $150 million. Um, Confederate statues have either been toppled or are being removed altogether in the United States. Um, and while statues of slave owners are being toppled or removed all over the world. Not only this, but Chaz, the autonomous zone of Seattle, is a flourishing community that shows proof of what a state without policing might look like and the march for Rayshard Brooks who was um, shot and killed in a drive-through in Atlanta Georgia um, the march for him actually shut down a whole highway and although some of you may be tired and social media networks like TikTok are shadow banning black creators and their work the fight continues and there are strength in numbers so this is just the beginning guys and the fight We'll continue and we just got to keep working at it. So now on to the episode. So first I want to talk about growing up watching Disney movies, specifically Disney princesses. I grew up watching a lot of Disney movies and the princess movies were my favorite. But let's talk diversity or the lack thereof. Almost all Disney princess movies had white princesses except for Princess and the Frog, Pocahontas, Mulan, Moana, and Aladdin. So specifically, being a South Asian woman myself, Jasmine just didn't cut it for me. I mean, first of all, the movie is called Aladdin. It's not about her. She's a secondary character. It's more about Aladdin, which really goes kind of upsetting for me in the first place. Also, the remake of Aladdin was probably the worst depiction of Middle Eastern culture that I've seen. I mean, the movie... Aladdin itself is set in Agrabah, which is fictional, although Roy Disney said in an interview that it's technically set in Baghdad, Iraq, but since the movie came out during the Gulf War, they changed Baghdad to Agrabah. Also, it's set next to the Jordan River, and the movie begins with Arabian Nights, so it can be presumed that the movie is meant to depict the Middle East. 
However, it just, it was an orientalizing of South Asian and Middle Eastern cultures. The women were wearing saris, but also writing in Arabic, and some had turbans while others wore hijabs. And the whole movie, like the remake, it was just a mess. I mean, my whole point is just like stick to a culture or just don't do the movie, right? Because, and then people say like, oh, well, we wanted it to depict what the original Aladdin, like the animated version depicted. But the thing is like, that in itself is not a very good depiction of Middle Eastern culture. And like, instead of sticking to exactly how that movie was, we could just progress and make it more, we just stick to a culture, whether it's Middle Eastern or South Asian, I think it should be Middle Eastern, but we should just stick to a culture and work at it, right? We should progress, but instead we're just sticking to the same movie with the same orientalizing of Middle Eastern and South Asian cultures. This also plays into the idea that Middle Eastern and South Asian cultures and people are interchangeable when each and every country has its unique and distinct culture. This can also be seen in the fact that Jasmine is played by Naomi Scott, who is not only British Indian and yet cast in a Middle Eastern movie, so don't even get me started on that. But also, Mena Masood, who plays Aladdin, is Egyptian Canadian, again perpetuating the idea that all South Asians um middle eastern and even african people are interchangeable marwan kanzari plays jafar and he's tunisian dutch so every single one of these actors is also mixed with a european heritage which kind of makes us even worse because by casting all the main characters with mixed actors it perpetuates colorism in middle eastern and south asian communities so like even when i went to go see the movie i was sitting there like why are all of these characters so light-skinned like, I'm truly very confused, right? So can Disney not cast a single dark-skinned Middle Eastern or South Asian actor and also not mix them with European heritage? So I felt being dark-skinned from Sri Lanka and, like, as a little girl watching this, to me, like, the, ta like, the palace is supposed to represent the Taj Mahal. It's supposed to look like the Taj Mahal. Also, her name's Jasmine which is a very South Asian name, plus her tiger's name is Raja, which is a very, like, royal South Asian name. So it kind of made me think it was South Asian, but then I grew up and realized it was supposed to be Middle Eastern. But even the fact that I'm so confused by it just shows that they can't stick to one culture or one country, which really isn't okay because all these cultures and countries are not interchangeable. So, yeah, that's just how I felt watching Disney movies and pretty much the only Disney movie that even catered to the brown skin girl. And then it came to Barbie movies, because I was pretty much obsessed with Barbie movies. And we know Barbara was always a main character, and she was blonde, white, skinny, and blue-eyed. So us colored girls never had a chance with that. And even though I watched Barbie and the Island Princess every day and still wish I could, the representation was not there, and we know it. So then it moves on to Disney shows, right? Because we grow a little older, we're in like elementary school watching Disney shows, and there wasn't a single Disney TV show with a brown character. The closest we got was London Tipton. I mean, she's East Asian, which was nice, I guess, but where's the South Asian representation, right? I grew up loving shows with a colored cast. However, there were no casts with brown people, so... 
I really enjoyed watching shows like That's So Raven and Fresh Prince because although I'm not black, having these shows touch on things such as racism and just seeing a different color on screen, seeing a family that's a different color was just really uplifting. And and even shows like Casey Undercover, which was which had Zendaya and a black cast, like even that, I just remember seeing shows that had black casts and those were the ones I enjoyed more just because it was just nicer to see another color on the screen than just constantly having to see a white family, right? And um, there was one TV show, actually. It was on YTV, which is a Canadian TV network, and it was called How to Be Indie. And let me tell you, that show slapped. We had a brown girl lead and an Asian best friend, along with just seeing a brown family on screen, which was such a breath of fresh air so go canadian tv you did that and something else i really liked about that show was that the guy who had a crush on her on screen was one of her best guy friends and he was white and this may sound like regular but seeing an interracial couple blossom on screen is so super rare and for it to be a brown person in an interracial couple was even rarer and it was just really interesting to see so canadian tv kind of popped off in the 2000s but anyway then we get a little older and i started watching friends and i started watching the show friends when i was about 15 and i've been watching it on repeat ever since like every single day for the past like five years of my life and i can quote every line and ace every single damn buzzfeed quiz out there like i'm obsessed with that show but what's clear to see again is a lack of diversity on screen. The only colored person on the show was Charlie, Joey's short-time girlfriend, then Ross's short-time girlfriend in seasons 9 to 10. And this is honestly glaringly disgusting now looking back at it, since the fact that after 10 seasons, they could only fit in one single person of color into that show. Like, just one. And the show's producers recently, amid the Black Lives Matter movement, spoke out against the show and the lack of diversity and wish they had done better. I mean, that's not really going to do anything now, but like, I still love the show and I watch it all the time. I just wish they had done better as well. Also, watching um, Sex and the City was um, an experience. I mean, it was another one of those shows where it was riddled with white privilege. And the one time one of them, Samantha, dated a person of color, um the entire episode they spoke about his genitals more than anything else for the entire episode and that relationship doesn't work out and it was just really hard to watch because it was like really you're gonna take this black man and turn him into a stereotype and that's it that's the whole episode and that's the only person of color that any of them date so it was just really like well that's gross but anyway also sex in the city 2 the movie is set in abu dhabi and the cultural appropriation alongside the total lack of respect for the culture itself and the religion was just astounding there was one scene when the group of girls are literally watching a woman with a niqab on and wondering how she's going to eat like they're just sitting there staring at this woman going oh my god how is she going to eat what's going to happen and they're so fascinated by how she eats fries with a niqab on and that's the whole scene that's one entire scene like, why is this so important? Why must you focus on this woman and her face covering? Like, it's such a, like, we need to normalize these kinds of things, right? Like, just because you go to Abu Dhabi doesn't mean you can stare at people, right? Like, it's just kind of weird. But 
it was really distasteful and i lived in the united arab emirates myself for two years and abu dhabi has such a rich culture and beautiful attractions that the movie could have focused on rather than a woman eating a french fry and the show itself it's fine if you can again overlook the total lack of diversity but that second movie was a total disaster and really they just should not have done that movie but yeah and now let's go on to some movies and tv shows that i've started watching recently because i kind of realized like wow you, these shows are full of white people there's no diversity what is going on so i, I thought to myself to find any movie or tv show with a brown cast so i was like let's just start with a black cast because just seeing another color on screen itself is really nice and it's really uplifting so i started watching some shows so one of the shows i started watching which i know is really old but i only recently started watching the fresh prince and it's really amazing and i'm sure many of you know that not only is it an all-black cast but the topics that they touch on are so so important they touch on everyday racism what it means to be black as seen in the difference between carlton and will known um knowing sorry where you come from as seen in uncle phil the main love interests are also always black women and not just lighter toned black women either like there are some beautiful dark skinned black women in here which i think is really really important and so many more things that they touch on not only this but they focus on regular issues as well that just affect the lives of families of color and the representation is just huge because it's not all about like oh this is about race like it's just about being a family right because just because you're a family of color doesn't mean you're that different right so that was also something really nice to see also a show that i just watched like two weeks ago was called dear white people and i think this is a really really great show for anyone to watch since unlike fresh prince the main point of the show is to talk about race itself so i think it's something really important that people should be watching especially right now with the whole black lives matter movement going on just to familiarize yourself with what black people go through and just what their struggles are and all the different things that they touch on in the show it showcases various different groups of black people asian people and white people it touches on colorism being mixed interracial relationships police brutality the different ways of protest and many many more it's a great show for anyone who wants to be an activist or anyone who just wants a better understanding of what it means to be black in america and although the third season goes downhill since like most third seasons of Netflix shows kind of get a little weird, but the characters suffer burnout from all the activism in the first two seasons, but the final episode still ends on a very important note, which I think is really great. Then let's move on to South Asian representation in media, because, well, it's slim to none, and I've never watched Bollywood movies growing up or anything, so, like, that just wasn't a thing for me, so I never really saw anybody South Asian on screen. Um, brown people on screen are very hard to find, and when they are present, they're almost a stereotype. Um, a show that had one brown person, actually, that I really enjoyed was New Girl. I just recently watched it, and Cece, or Cecilia, played by Hannah Simone, is an Indian woman in the show, and she breaks all kinds of stereotypes. I mean, she's Indian in the show, she doesn't fall into the, ca I mean, she's Indian, she's half Indian in real life as well. But in the show, she doesn't fall into the category of being a nerd, like in every other TV show or movie we see a brown person in. She is not a nerd, and instead, she's actually a model. She deals with finding an arranged husband in the best way possible by not making it seem as if it's an oppressive thing that, like, South Asian women have to go through, since it's a very normal thing in many cultures, and these marriages are usually very happy ones. 
And although she doesn't end up having an arranged marriage, she doesn't throw away her culture either since when she marries Schmidt, the wedding follows traditional Indian customs, which is very rarely seen in Hollywood. And I know Never Have I Ever on Netflix features a South Asian lead as well, and I'm yet to watch it, but I will definitely watch it and let you guys know what I think. I've heard very mixed reviews from it, for sure, so I'll let you guys know what I think. So the media we consume throughout our childhoods shape us and inform us of the attitudes of the world around us. And I don't think the media shown in the Western world did any favors for people of color, especially those of South Asian descent. However, slowly progress is being made and it can be seen in Never Have I Ever on Netflix, Jamila Jamil in The Good Place, Mindy Kaling in The Mindy Project, Hannah Simone on New Girl. Not only this, but seeing movies like Crazy Rich Asians and TV shows like Kim's Convenience. So seeing this East Asian representation on screen as well has been very uplifting in the past few years and gives hope for South Asian representation as well. I mean, actresses such as Aquafina are really out there in Hollywood doing a variety of roles, breaking all these stereotypes and boundaries, and it's just really amazing to see her out there. And I just really hope that there's a South Asian actor who can, you know, do the same. So, yeah, that's just how I feel about. The media I've consumed and how it's shaped me. I think when I was young, it was really difficult for me growing up in Sri Lanka, which is a country um, riddled with colorism as almost every other South Asian country is. It was really hard being darker skinned and watching these movies and TV shows that had almost no representation for South Asian people and very rarely anything for darker skinned South Asian women. It was really difficult to watch and I didn't really get a grasp of like who I am or who I was supposed to be through Hollywood, you know, and even after I came here, the representation was just, it was, it wasn't there, you know, and I think it really affects people of color, specifically people of South Asian descent, because you, we have no place in Hollywood, like there's just none, but hopefully this can continue and hopefully with East Asian representation on the rise and black representation on the rise and Hispanic representation on the rise and all these different cultures and races having their platforms in Hollywood. Hopefully we can get South Asian representation up there as well. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having my kids see somebody that looks like them on TV. So yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode and hopefully you guys can tune in next week as well. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.